0: Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. Welcome to our second bonus episode of our Fight Like a Girl series. Today we have Tracy joining us.
1: Hi, everyone. Tracy, we are amazed at the backstory that we don't really have time to share, (laughs) but how you ended up with us today. Uh, And we feel like, obviously, God wants to speak through you with your story and how he has moved in your life. Um, There are things that are going to resonate in this Fight Like a Girl series that we've got going on that what you're going to share. So we can't wait to hear. But before we do that, let's recap. In our Fight Like a Girl series... From the blog perspective, we have based this week's battle tactic from Zechariah chapter 10 verses 3, 5, and 7. For the Lord of heaven's armies has arrived to look after Judah, his flock. He will make them strong and glorious like a proud war horse in battle. They will be like mighty warriors in battle, trampling their enemies in the mud under their feet. Since the Lord is with them as they fight, they will overthrow even the enemy's horsemen. The people of Israel will become like mighty warriors, and their hearts will be made happy as if by wine. Their children, too, will see it and be glad. Their hearts will rejoice in the Lord. The battle tactic this week we gained from Zechariah 10 is our second letter, A, Um, the first one was ask. So the second one is acceptance. Accepting the truth of our battle, what is going on and what is not going on, will impact our approach to the battle. And we learned in Monday's podcast how the
0: role of acceptance played for Ruth in her journey of survival. That's right, Janae. Um, We had such a great discussion around the fact that Ruth had to accept certain pieces of her story, things that she wished would have been different. You know she didn't want to lose her husband, have to maybe leave a homeland that is where her family was, but she looked to God to provide in ways that are beyond what she can understand or imagine, and she accepted the help from Boaz and the people that God placed along her story, and she's just such a really wonderful example of what it looks like to Accept where we are and then put on the armor and work in that battle. Right. And so, from
1: Zechariah, one of the things that's hard for us as Christians is to admit that we are in a battle, that there is an enemy out there, there are things going on in the spiritual realm. And the idea that we need to accept the fact that God is making us like mighty warriors. So, today we have asked Tracy to share with us her story. And we'll work through and unpack how this role of acceptance of truth played out in your battle. But first, Tracy, let's just tell the listeners. Will you share with them your story about your battle?
2: Absolutely. Um, I'm very honored to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me. Um, I was telling Amy the other day that I don't like to share my story. I don't like to talk about what's going on because I feel like it's weakness sometimes in my personal life. And last Friday at Replenish, um, God told me that I was going to share my story. And I just had to say, okay. And then you guys mentioned the podcast. And I was like, please don't let it be that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, I would never get picked for that. So I'm good. And then, of course, here we are. because God loves to use our stories, because at the end of the day, he's the one that gets the glory and shines through it. Um, So at first I was fighting like a sinner, not fighting like a girl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're glad to have you on the other team now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Crossed over, still struggling. Um, But I want to say that I have like a pre-battle and I have a battle. My pre-battle starts with my children. Um, As mothers, I think we love our children more than anything in the world. And as my daughters were growing and being confident and firm in my faith, um, I knew God would protect them. And every night they would go to bed and I would pray over them, Lord, like, please remove the cup of sickness or any harm from my children. If you're gonna give the cup of my family, let it be me, let it be my husband. We can handle it. Do not give it to my children. And in 2019, um, that cup did not pass over and um, it was given to my daughter. And um, people say, oh, was it cancer? No, it was not. Um, she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. I do not have permission. I did not ask her permission to share her story completely, um, but it was a journey. We did go through chemo. We still are going through chemo. We are still going through, um, the everyday trials that it brings. um, There's no cure for it. And it has a lot of downs, it has a lot of ups. And um, God is definitely using that story. Um, But I have to say that her diagnosis led to probably a year or so of numbness in my life where I was just in survival mode. I have to survive, I have to get through this, I have to take care of her. I think as moms, we say, we have to take care of everybody, we have to fix it, We've got to fix the problem. And so I was kind of numb at first, like getting her to the appointments, making sure she lived, because we didn't know if that was gonna happen, didn't know if she was gonna need organ transplants. And um, then I think when everything kind, I mean, I don't wanna say calm down, but when things slowed down a little bit, that is when my battle began and i hear that a lot from parents who go through things um, when their children are diagnosed with very life-threatening issues whether suicide cancer anything like that Um, the parents say and the doctors warn us some doctors who know this they warn us and they say the first year the first six months the first couple of years you're going to be fighting for survival you'll be in it and you're gonna be going full steam ahead, but it's in the quiet. When things slow down is when the battle for you individually really begins. And that's when it began for me. Um, In 2020, um, nothing to do with COVID, in the quietness of being at home with everybody, um, I started having physical issues. I started having heart palpitations. I started passing out. I started having muscle twitching all over, muscle weakness. And like, what in the world is going on? And so I'm going to doctors and hospitals when I'm passing out, (laughs) um, when things are happening to me, and I'm in the middle of like, everybody has COVID around me, like, they're like, what do we do with you? We're trying to save people from COVID, like. You have twitching, okay, you ha- you're you passing out. Like, we don't know exactly what's going on here. So um, as many women, I feel like we're just kind of passed from doctor to doctor. And it was really hard for them to pinpoint what was going on. And they do say, on average, it takes seven years for a person to be diagnosed with uh, autoimmune disease. Um, so I was in that seven-year <laughs> trial, I think. Probably still am. Um, but, yes, I was diagnosed with... Um, like a sister disease to lupus is called a gravis and it's, I have the markers for it, which is just twitching and muscle weakness and kind of like MS, but not MS. They all are pretty closely related. Um, but anyway, so having the answer to that really helped, but for me, it was more the mental battle Mm -hmm. and, um, so much of the mental goes with the physical. So, uh, I, They don't know if, does a mental cause the autoimmune? Does the autoimmune cause the anxiety and the mental and the depression? Um, They don't know what comes first. Um, But that's where I was. Like, in the midst of all of this, I was struggling so much with anxiety. Not depression, but anxiety. And I was also struggling with anger. I was so angry at God. Like, how could, for 12 years, every night I prayed over my daughter— how could he not listen? How could he not follow my plan? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I have a plan. <laughs> and um, and so at night was the worst. I think people who struggle with anxiety or depression, nighttime is the worst. And um, yeah, when you're
1: trying to fall asleep and your mind just will not nonstop. release you. <laughs> yes. yes. And yes. your
2: worst case scenario, um, worst case scenario, everything. And what if they die? What if this happens like how do i handle i'm not strong enough lord i told you i'm strong enough to handle anything but the death of my child (laughs) and so in walking in that and that anxiety and of course that just exacerbated my physical issues tremendously Mm. um so that was my struggle that is my battle i don't want to say the battle is won because it's not it's an everyday. i mean even last night i was being attacked tremendously um, with anxiety through my children, I think as we all are who have teenagers or mm. children. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's an everyday battle that I have with the with the mental, and and then of course I wake up twitching, I wake up exhausted, I wake up hurting because they also said, oh, fibromyalgia is what they like to put on top of everything. So um, that's where I'm at. Thank you so much for sharing your story. So with what you've shared.
0: What part do you feel this week's tactic of acceptance of the truth played in your fight?
2: The biggest acceptance that I've had to struggle with as you were sharing with Ruth, she didn't want her husband to die. She didn't want these bad things to die, to happen. And many times as Christians, we think I'm protected and these things are not going to happen in my life or it's going to happen to them over there and we're going to pray over them, but it's not necessarily going to happen in my life. And I think the acceptance is that while we're here on earth, God promises peace. He promises um, his joy, which is not equivalent to happiness. He does promise healing, but healing doesn't always look like what we think it looks like. Because I've prayed every day, please find a cure for my child. Please um, cure us, heal us. And I know he can. But that's not what it always looks like, and there's always a greater glory in that. Um, So my acceptance has been, okay, if this is what our story looks like in our life, I don't want to say limited, but now through the illness, there's a lot of things that I had dreamed for our family to do, like mission trips. Well, we're now very limited on how those mission trips will look like in our lives. And my children have a heart for that. And so I'm asking God, my children, my family, my husband, we want to go serve. We want to go love on people. But what does that look like? Um, The acceptance of what does this look like in my life? And it's not this picture-perfect life and that I'm not in control, that I don't have all the strength, that in my weakness, he's the one that has the strength. And that the healing, 100% healing, the getting rid of the anxiety or if somebody's struggling with depression, that's there's no place for that in heaven. Like there is no anxiety in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. And that's the ultimate acceptance of while we will struggle with things here on earth and look to God for our strength, in heaven he will free us from it. Um, so that's, I think, my biggest acceptance.
1: Right. Uh, you know, a couple things jump out at me. So in our verses from Zechariah, it says... Since the Lord is with us as we fight, um, and you're right, there is no promise of what that fight is going to look like on the other side as you are fighting, but we do have the power of Christ with us, which us pushing through and struggling on our own self-sufficiency would have a much different outcome and be different than if we're approaching it with Christ alongside us. And the The truth, I love that too, where you were saying about the acceptance. You know, sometimes when we get the diagnosis and the situation is happening and we're avoiding the truth, it blocks us from being able to actually move into health, move into, okay, now. So it doesn't mean, I love that. I love, absolutely love the fact that you're not saying, oh, well, we'll never be able to go on a mission trip. No, it's just going to look different. Okay, God figure that one out. And I'm sure he's up there like, game yes. on, you have no idea what I have for you. I knew so. 12
2: years ago what it was going to look like. <laughs> you know, so yeah. So,
1: yeah. So I love that. I love that outlook with God. All things are possible, but it just looks very different. So during this time of fighting um, from the very beginning and then to now, has there been any particular verses that have brought you comfort and encouragement?
2: Um, And honestly, where I was in my anger with God and my anxiety, I was having a hard time opening my Bible. Mm. I was having a hard time going to church. I had, I know I had the enemy in my head saying, You're crazy with all my anxiety. You're crazy. You're a crazy person. Um, Good Christians don't have anxiety. Good Christians don't suffer like this.
0: Do you just, if you just had enough faith? Right. Have you heard? I mean, that, that's such a lie. If you had just prayed more.
2: If you yeah. just went to church more. Or believed
1: the word of God more. Yes. I mean, I had that. I mean, like, what lies are you believing, Janae? You know, right. when I'm dealing with my depression, so.
2: Right. And then um, I think what helped me is starting with podcasts. Um, I would go for walks. And listening in my car, I would put on podcasts. And uh, people like Ike Reichard from Piedmont Church, he is a huge— influencer in my life. Um, He recently did a sermon called He Gets Us, and I was listening to this sermon, and he talks about how much Jesus gets us, because I've always struggled with, well, first of all, he was a man, so he doesn't get me as a woman. He wasn't married, so he doesn't get me as a spouse. He didn't have kids, so he doesn't get me with teenagers. Like, I was putting all of these things on how Jesus doesn't get me, and Ike was sharing this sermon of, how much Jesus got me because at the root of all of that I was just feeling lonely Mm. and how can you be surrounded by so many people I have the most amazing husband my mom lives with me I have two amazing daughters how can I be lonely I have friends and even in the midst of being surrounded by people we can still be lonely and he said when Christ came to earth first of all he had to leave heaven and how difficult that had to be, because he knew what peace, and he knew what being in the presence of God was, and he left that. And then he walked here on earth, and the daily struggles, and he had these 12 men close to him that were with him for three and a half years, and they still had issues. Um, As we've heard James and other people preach, like, they still fought amongst themselves. They still thought of themselves as better than each other. And Jesus is over there like, what are y'all doing? And he had his three closest disciples to him, even John, his loved disciple. And even John didn't always get him. John couldn't always understand the struggles Jesus was going through. But if you look at the really hard times, what did Jesus do? He would separate himself and go pray in the garden, wherever he was. When he felt lonely, he, Christ, Jesus, sought out God's strength and God's help. And so that really meant a lot to me. Like, even Jesus struggled with that, that loneliness. So it got me going in the right direction with podcasts and listening to praise and worship music. Um, And I had a friend a few months ago post the goodness of God. And I've heard the song before. It's meant tons to me. Um, But listening to it, I've put it on repeat nonstop. And when it says, your goodness is running after me. Mm-hmm. Even when my child is sick, even when I feel like I can't get off the floor from my anxiety, even when things are not going the way I want them to go or the way that they should go, He's his goodness is still running after me. And believing that promise um, has met the meant the world to me. So then, that was the podcast. That's the music you asked specifically about verses. Um, what verses have helped me along along the battle and um there's so many I mean just anytime I open scripture I'm just like man okay I hear you God um one that has stuck with me Amy you have said it for years and I even got it tattooed on my wrist um in the shape of a butterfly but it's Isaiah 61:3. that beauty comes from the ashes Mm. beauty comes from the hard time there's other very common verses of Romans uh, 12 the battle is real in our mind. We have to renew it daily. Do not be conformed to this earth. And this earth tells us, be depressed, be anxious, be worried, listen to the news. We love to listen to the, the bad and the worry. And that's the patterns of this earth. And um, so we have to fight every day to renew our minds. What do we focus on? Philippians 4, 8 tells us, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, admirable, excellent, Praiseworthy. And how do we do that? When I go for walks, when I'm in my car, instead of sitting there in the silence and thinking of bad stuff and anxiety, I put on a podcast. I put on worship music because it takes up that space in my mind where I don't have the time to think, what will my child look like in a casket? Because that's where my mind goes. Mm. It's, Jesus, you're in control. And you gave me another day with her. That was such a
1: stark contrast of, you know, a reality of where the enemy wants your brain to go, seeing your yes. um, daughter in a casket, and you're saying, no, I am not going to have those thoughts. This is what God has for me. This is where I'm focusing my,
0: that is powerful. Yeah, it's my turn to talk, and I'm <laughs> not sure I can, because as I just, um, what y'all may not know is I've known Tracy since 2004. Uh, And I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but it's 2023 for us right now. (laughs) And and I just love her and her family. And so I'm so glad she joined us on the show because Tracy, you walk through so much and you just scratched the surface um, with a lot of the story that you have to share from the time that I've known you. Um, But Tracy, I just truly believe there's somebody right now that's in the middle of a battle. It could be their health. It could be their family member. um, It could be their child. And maybe they received that hard diagnosis or they're in the middle of a treatment going, God, why in the world won't you move? Um, And they are probably battling in their minds those images, those things that come unbidden, those whispers from the enemy. And so what would you want these people to know that are in the middle of a struggle like you've been and are still walking through?
2: Well, first, (laughs) I've worked really hard at just looking at Janae this entire time because... (laughs)
0: As I'm sitting here with tears.
2: (laughs) I knew Amy was going to make me cry. Amy's my crying friend. Whenever I need a good cry, I go to Amy. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I've been trying to ignore her this whole time. It did not work. Um, And I'm still in the middle of it because I guarantee probably in an hour I will be at home saying... Jesus, please, why have you dealt us this hand?
0: <laughs> um, so what you're saying is it's not a one-time dealing with or handing this to God. You have to constantly choose, almost re-accept today's circumstances and hand them back to him.
1: Yes. And the freedom, you know, the truth is what sets us free. So when we continually to redirect, okay, this is what's what the truth. The hardness of the truth, but then the goodness of Christ in that heart.
2: Yes. I mean, I even felt it today before I came here, like feeling attacked uh, by the enemy saying lies to me and last night feeling the lies and starting to feel the panic of being here today. Um, And it's a muscle that we have to exercise through listening to godly people, by surrounding ourselves with godly people, by prayer, by listening to music, uh, that's praise and worship, by going to church, by being in that community. Um, But... In that, I also want to say so many times in our lives when someone passes away, um, we have people who do the food chains, and they they come around for the first few weeks, the first few months, or if someone in our family is diagnosed with cancer, we're diagnosed with cancer, we have people there for us. And rely on it, accept it, use it. um, I mean, God gives us community for a reason. You're not alone. Um, Even if you feel alone, you're not alone. Um, Keep seeking out the groups and also relying on God and his word and um, going to that every day, believing in the scripture. The scripture doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like necessarily when he says, I will heal you. He's going to heal you in a different way. And now I have so much peace when we go to doctor's appointments and things don't come back the way we want them to come back. I'm like, okay, God, one more thing. I hear you. Like... You see this, that this came back positive, and it shouldn't be positive, and now what do we do? Okay, Lord, like, it's it's in your hands. And that's not an easy choice to make. It is a battle to make that choice of, okay, God, you've got this. Um, And almost easier to accept it if it were me than my child, Um, but to definitely hand it over to him. There's another truth that we women need to face. We like to compare ourselves in every way, every shape, and we feel like we need to be all, do all for everybody in our family. We're the fixers. We are the feeders. We're the cleaners. We work full-time jobs a lot of the times, and even if we don't work full-time jobs, there have been years where I've been a stay-at-home mom, and let me tell you,
0: it's very much (laughs) a full-time job.
2: (laughs) Not only is it a full-time job, but for me personally, mentally, it is a mental battle. So I want to give kudos to all the stay-at-home moms because... you're here, <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly, you are amazing women out there. Um, but we want to do it all, and we're trying to keep up with it all. And God does not require that of us. He never once said, you need to be excellent at everything. That's not what he requires of us. So many times he calls us in the quiet and in the still um, and to listen to him and to rest how many times are we like I can't rest because I had to take my kids to the soccer game and the basketball game we got to go here we got to go there then I got to feed them and then I got to home and clean the house we got to do homework da, da, da. and we're going non-stop and there's no peace in that there's no joy in that and that creates a lot of anxiety it creates depression I've got to get all this stuff done and I'm not good enough I'm not worth worthy of it
1: constantly failing
2: Constantly failing, yes, because that laundry is going to make you constantly feel like a failure because it's always there. (laughs) The dishes are going to make you always feel like a failure. And so I think um, the, the acceptance and the truth of who I am in Christ, what I bring, what I bring is so unique compared to what Amy brings and what Janae brings in Christianity. And accepting those gifts and saying this is my forte. This is my weakness, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, and this is what God has given me to do. So I need to accept where God has me. Yeah, it's so good. Thank you so much for sharing. For our
0: listeners, I'm not sure which thing it is that Tracy shared that stood out to you, but I guarantee you, you'll you be processing this for a while. So she shared some different links and other things, and we'll make sure that those are in the show notes. Um, next week, we will continue with part three with the next fighting tactic that we will learn about another woman in the Bible or women in the Bible. Um, And we will have another bonus episode of a woman who went through a personal fight that led her to fighting for others. So remember our giveaway. If you share and tag on social media, you will be entered into the the drawing for the guided journal by Susie Larson called Soul Care for the Battle. So I know this impacted you as much as it did me. Go and share this episode right now. Now for the blessing over you, um, I love to use the words that we have from our scripture and make it a prayer about us living out the truth and how God is making us mighty warriors. God, you are the Lord of heaven's armies and you fight for us like you look after Judah, like you look after your flock, that's where we live. Thank you for that. God, the promise that you make us strong and glorious, like war horses that are mighty in battle. God, we believe that you give us the ability to trample the enemies under our feet, the lies from our enemy. God, even the diagnosis, God, we do pray for healing. God, I pray now for healing for Tracy and her family, for the people who are listening that are struggling. Jesus, please move now. But God, we also look to you and trust you in this battle that you are building us up like mighty warriors and that even still our hearts will look to you, we'll have your joy and happiness and our children too will see it and they will rejoice in the Lord as well. God, thank you, thank you, thank you that you do not leave us alone in the battle. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray, amen.